Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Syracuse managed to squeak out a win against Buffalo in the Dome Tuesday. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case last night against St. Bonaventure, falling to 10-2 with a 57-60 overtime loss at the Dome. We'll give you the good and bad of that. Plus... talk about referees we'll see you next thank you well coach might not want to talk about the officiating but we do all of that plus we'll turn to joe for a look ahead to eastern michigan coming to the dome wednesday december 27th at seven o'clock finally a game back on espn let's go make some noise orange fans it's time for the juice nation podcast with sean and joe Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Q's Nation podcast. All right. What's up, Q's Nation? Thanks for tuning in to episode 45 of the Q's Nation podcast. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play Music, and YouTube. And now, in fact, SoundCloud. So once again, I'm Sean alongside my good buddy, Joe. Joe, bah humbug, buddy. Bah <laughs> freaking What's humbug. What's going on? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll give you the we'll give you the quick flyover version of the Buffalo game, and uh, we'll save some of the good stuff for the end. Uh, you know, a sloppy win against Buffalo, I believe, kind of laid the groundwork and the path to this this loss. Um, I wasn't very impressed with the Buffalo game at all. Uh, I was a little worried about. Honestly, I was more worried about. The uh, the hobbling players after at the end of that game, uh, another physical game, um, and I was just a little worried about who all was going to be at a hundred percent. But in the end, it looked like everybody seemed to be okay except for Sadibi once again. And um, the numbers without Sadibi in, by the way, are um, before last night's game. Let's see, we we're averaging 60, 62 points per game in thirty six percent. And without him in, we're averaging, um, oh, we allowed 62 points per game in 37.6% shooting. And without him in, we're allowing 68.5 and 41.5% shooting. So, and the boards went down from 44 uh, per game to 37. So, um, cor- uh, correlation at least without, without him in, um, especially with Chukwu and his, his foul troubles and having to put... Uh, Merrick in there um, just a little short and uh, hopefully he's okay before conference play on New Year's Eve Joe what, what do you have to say about the Buffalo game uh, I think it was just a little sloppy again we came out um, a lot of turnovers yeah we came out slow um, we ended up <clears throat> doing enough to take the lead at halftime and then came out the second half and I mean I don't want to say played one of our worst second halves but um, usually we were coming back 
uh, in the second half or uh, were turning a smaller lead into a bigger lead. And Buffalo came back a couple times to take the lead and kind of went back and forth. And um, if it wasn't for Brissett and his free throw shooting, I don't know. <laughs> I know. He went, for, he went for 25 and 8, and we ended up uh, eventually winning the game by 7. Um, but it was uh, real sloppy and too close too close for comfort for me but buffalo was they were kind of game i mean i I, they surprised me with the way that they handled our offense there for a little while and in in spurts but um again it just comes down to us not being able to hit jump jumpers really yeah and um as you mentioned Brissett, he was what 16 for 16 from the free throw line i believe so yeah and um you when we talked after you said you know a win is a win whatever and I, I feel you. It was it was a little sloppy. I, I wasn't. It didn't sit well with me. I wasn't very happy about it. Like you said, um, you know, just can't just can't hit anything, man. And it's just so frustrating to watch because there's so much talent. I believe. Yeah. On this. I mean, on this team. I mean, you don't play your. A, you don't come out and have your A game every night. You know what I mean. So if you're well, gonna play ugly. It's better to play ugly and get a win. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, so. All right, last night's game against uh, Bonaventure, uh, you know, just just awful, just a really hard game to watch. And despite it all, despite it all, they almost won, and they probably should have, could have, would have, a hundred different times, a hundred different ways, even before overtime. Sixty-four percent from the line. It's that's terrible. Uh, they, mm-hmm. they they left ten points at the line, uh, up for grabs. Fifteen point seven percent three point shooting behind the arc, and thirty percent from the floor. It that is just that is not not gonna gonna win games. They let uh, Jalen Adams go off in the first, very reminiscent of the Kansas game. They managed to completely shut him out in the second half, though he only scored two points. In the in the overtime, he didn't even score anything in the second half, and his team couldn't make up for that really. But it did take Syracuse the final seven minutes and seventeen seconds to cut that deficit back to tie the game, and Saint Bonaventure didn't score a point in those remaining seven minutes and seventeen seconds of the second half, and it took us that long to uh, to pull it tied to go into overtime. Yeah, yeah, we. Uh... I actually looked at it today, and um, I think with the 11, 11 minutes, 45 seconds in the second half, they hit a jumper and took the lead 51 to 38, 13-point lead. And they had 51 points at that at that time. And that's 11, 11 minutes, 45 seconds left in the second half. And we went into overtime 53-53. So we went on, what, a 15-2 to two run, something like that, in the last, like, 11 minutes, 45 seconds. Yeah, so, yeah. And we had so many missed opportunities, so uh, some bad turnovers. Um, inbounds pass, another inbound, inbounds pass turnover. Just yep. blatantly bad pass, terrible. No, well, like again, it's just one of those things where I look at it like, I don't, I don't know. I talked to my father about it. He's talking about how he doesn't like um, Howard and all his mistakes. But, you know, it's just like uh-huh. NFL. It's easy to blame the quarterback, but it's sometimes it's the receiver's fault. So the, the, and this, I think I think that was one of those things where Frank Howard was throwing it to the open area and Chuka went the wrong way. And uh, it was just kind of a miscommunication. But nonetheless, they're just unfortunate plays and times like that when you're coming back and trying to win a game. 
you yeah, know? and you talk about it. We had you talk about Chukwu, and in it was a bad pass. There's no doubt about it. But Chukwu's got to tighten up his game, man. You can't miss a dunk again. Yeah, this guy misses yeah. dunks like it's going out of style. And he started right. off kind of hot hitting the dunks. You know, he, he it's it, it seemed like he found his footing in that area underneath the net. And now, just the past couple games, it's been terrible. Some more bad calls. Uh, or bad fouls, I should say, really on him. Um, you know, the um, missed dunks I mentioned, failed failed fast breaks. I mean, so many, yeah. so many opportunities to just put this game away. Missed uh, calls. Missed calls. has to lay up right at the end of the, you know. We're settling, settling for jumpers that we haven't made all game. Howard Washington comes in and takes a jumper out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, that was terrible. Even when we don't, when we do drive and we're supposed to do what we're, what we're basically what works and what puts points on the board and go to the line and drive and, 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 and be aggressive and we get to the line and then, you know, Frank Howard can't hit a free throw or we miss a free throw, you know, so. And, you know, in the end, Joe, it was rough. It, it was rough. And in the end, look, we're going to talk about the officiating coming up. Uh, I think it needs to be discussed. Coach didn't want to talk about it. He just didn't want to lay the blame at the foot of the refs, and I totally agree. So I'm just going to say this. At the end of the day, as Joe would say, at the end of the day, you got to score. You score, you, you take a couple of those opportunities and turn them around. We don't even go into overtime, and we win that game. So I don't think we lost the game because of the refs, but, uh, but you know, let's be honest. Uh, a, terrible, yeah. a terrible call cost us big at the end with 11 seconds left. Um, yeah. Although well, Brissett on his finish at regulation, he had said, um, there was no one to contest me. He said, I don't, I didn't know how much time was left. So he was basically unaware of how much time was left. And he just kind of, he just kind of, he took a bad shot and he acknowledged that he took a bad shot and he missed it. You know, and he had he had a little bit of time to really get his footing and, and, and you know take that shot, take a better shot, but he didn't. So we went into overtime, right? Yeah. Um, then we we look into overtime, and what was it? it was like a minute thirty four or something like that, where Bonaventure couldn't couldn't score. You had uh, Merrick with three offensive rebounds. He was just, I mean, he's so good. I I, I love him. He just is. He just he he changes. He changes a game. He can change a game so quickly um, yep. doing, doing the little things like we've talked about a hundred times and we'll continue to talk about get, to give him his credit. Um, he, he scored the first two points over time, and then it felt good. It felt like <laughs> it felt good, and it just came down to not being able to score. Um, yeah. And it, what, do you, what else do you have to say about that before we get into the, uh, the officiating? No, I, I just going into we've had teams like this in the past too, where offensively we struggle. We only have a couple guys, and if you get some defenders like the uh, guards that uh, Saint Bonaventure had, there's going to be nights where we're going to be playing in the 50s and the 60s, and our defense um, is bad. As much as we let Jalen Adams go off for 21 in the first half, our defense played good enough. Um, yeah, I would agree to we, win that game. I mean, yeah. we kept him at 50, at 53. So there's going to be nights where, you know, when we play teams that are struggling offensively and in, it's going to be in the 50s and all we have to do is get in high 50s, low 60s. There's going to be other nights where teams can score a little bit better. We might have to get – we might have to score in the high 60s, maybe low 70s, you know. But 
there's got to be a number we got to hit, and we we have to be able to hit more than fifty three. Yeah, we got to hit. You got to hit. Do better than thirty percent from the floor. Right. And it's what it comes down to. Hit your foul shots. I mean, what well, was and, what and was and the, look at how good our defense played in the last what I said last eleven minutes and forty five seconds. Yeah. I mean, it was a fifteen to two run, but our defense played. I mean, but you can't score more than fifteen points in the last eleven minutes, forty five seconds. Yeah, I, mean, I know. That's that's what I'm saying. It that's just it that's bad. where we got to be able to hit a couple of those shots. And I think by the end of the year, and when it's all said and done, we get the confidence and we get through the the ACC play, and people start falling more into their roles and settling more into their roles. Like I, I think that that's going to make up for you know a couple points here and there. It's just last night, and they were they were there, and we just didn't take advantage of it. So, um, so unfortunate. Th- so. In the in the 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 three point scoring woes continue. We've had one really good uh, game shooting the three ball, three for nineteen, just ugly. Oh, oh, god, so hard to watch some of that. Um, yep. Brissett, though, uh, one more thing. Um, his last two chances to win, d- despite another double-double. Let's give him some credit here. 15 points, 13 rebounds. Um, that's his sixth double-double of the year in his first 12 games, 50%. Uh, he played the entire uh, game, including both uh, overtimes for you know 45 minutes for each of those games. Um, his, his fifth time doing that for the year. And he's key. I mean, that's why coach brought him in, you know, and he knows that he's going to have to play a big role. Um, unfortunately, his 15 points, 13 rebounds uh, was a little overshadowed by the end of regulation. And then, of course, the charge um, kind of, you know, this is going around. This isn't just my thought, but it's kind of obvious. Reminiscent of the CJ Fair uh, driving to the basket during the Duke game, it was kind of that same feel when you just like feel robbed, basically. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And making yeah. and making the basket, and then you're you're thinking instantly. I jumped off the couch and I'm like, you know, I had victory pose, like arms in the air, happy as a clam. And then I see the ref point the other way. Here I am thinking we just took a one point lead with a foul shot. <laughs> and yep. and we didn't and we didn't get it. And you know, no. you you could tell coach was pissed. Uh, Brissett said coach was mad. He didn't get mad at me for doing that. He got mad at the ref. And it was although he didn't get teed up. And 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 Beheim's only ejection was during that Duke game with the CJ Fair incident. Another bad call. Joe, look, Brissett. If you watch it now, if you watch it, okay. And we'll do some Facebook feedback on this because there's some things on, you know, everybody's talking about it. It was the, uh, the big deal. But if you look, Brissett's actually trying to, to turn away. I mean, he barely brushed a guy. He's coming off his heels, and he flops. Yeah. And, and people are saying, well, the ref didn't have the angle. I mean, how do you have, not have the angle of, of the ground? I mean, his, with his feet coming off the ground. Even if you don't have the angle of the contact, his feet are moving. He wasn't planted, and the offensive player wasn't out of control. Isn't that like the the definition of a charge? An offensive player out of control? No, uh, that's why that call is so difficult because sometimes it's so hard to define, and the play happens so fast, and a lot of it just comes down to really the the personal opinion of what the ref sees, really. So, yeah, well, I mean, I think it's one of those things where. I mean, they're supposed to be planted if it's somewhat like non-egregious. 
if it's something to where the guy, like you said, out of control, lowering his shoulder, the guy really doesn't have to be too planted. Okay. That's, you you know right. what I mean? Because, uh-huh. you know, obviously if they're the aggressor and it's pretty obvious or they're pushing off or, you know, doing that, then, you know, they're going to they're gonna call it. But something like what Brissett was doing, trying to just slip to the side of them, um, you know, you got to be pretty set. You got to be outside the, uh, the little uh, circle there. And, um, you got to get pretty good contact. I mean, it just felt to me like he did the best that he could to avoid him. The guy moved into him slightly with his hip. Brissette kind of clipped him a little bit, but the guy definitely flopped because he didn't hit him square and Brissette was trying to avoid the contact. So, I mean, overall, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it should have been either a call on a bucket with no whistle. Either a bucket with no whistle or a bucket and one could have been either way, yeah, you know, but I, I mean, I would have been fine with either of those two options, but there's no way, in my opinion, that should have been an offensive foul. So oh, no way. And it was awful. And let's, let's, let's not forget too, that they missed at least two travels. I mean, this, this wasn't just one bad call in this game. There was, no. there was how many, th- at least three that I can think of no calls on battle. Poor battles out there getting mauled Yeah, and he's not getting anything. And, and you know, when you're star players, they're going to have slow games and they're going to have, you know, they're going to have bad games, I guess, so to speak, you know. But it didn't, wasn't helped out at all by the refs, that's for sure. He's got he got hacked a couple times. They missed no, a couple yeah. travel calls. Um, there were some calls the, that he should he should be getting. It, it, um, Merrick, uh, he he ended up falling out. Uh, we talked last night about the the bad call on the bad fall on him. Uh, yeah. he, he ended up falling out with a with a push off, and I I think or did they call the elbow. I don't know, but it was legit. No, yeah, I think, I think it was legit. Call, I mean that that one was legit. And my my beef with that one Merrick call on the baseline was that it was directly right after Battle not getting the foul, and not only did he not get the foul when he was going up for the layup, the guy raked him across his arm, but you know it touched him afterwards, so it was out on him, out of bounds, and it was a no call. So. I mean that was ridiculous when you saw that that replay. I mean it was that was obvious. Should have been a battle going to the line for two. But then right after that, you know, on the other side of the court in defense, Jalen Adams goes to drive the baseline, and Merrick he slides his body in front of him, and Jalen Adams kind of throws his elbow out there. There's a little bit of contact, but they call it on him, and it was just like they call it on Mark, and that was just to me it was more the timing. You know, I mean, they they had called some calls like that, but after missing missing such an egregious call, and then all of a sudden the next the next time down, them not calling something that you know should have just been allowed to play on. It was no harm, no foul, and it was it, it was looked like good defense to me. And then right after that, they missed a travel. So I mean, oh man, and this, the, those travels. I mean, that, that were was bad obvious. because it was just right in a row oh, too. Yeah, just a terrible sequence, just awful. And and I mean. I mean, you know, in the end, here, here's 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 my quick little recap. They fought. They never gave up. Yeah, they couldn't score. They didn't. You got to take advantage of those opportunities. But they did. They did fight. They play with a ton of heart. Uh, Merrick is just. I mean, he might have the the, the biggest fight in him uh, out of the yeah. whole team. And it's just a. It's just one of those things where. It, it, you almost beat yourself despite the refs, uh, bad calls and no calls. It, the right. game ended up really was in, 
in their hands, though. Uh, just you know, the the charge well, call at the end did it, but you know, let's be honest. Well, when you when you lose the game, especially when you feel like you should have won, you know, fans and players they might be looking to see they've not really reached, but you're looking at every little thing that you know maybe. You know, the missed dunk or the bad turnovers or the missed free throws or the missed calls or the call that shouldn't have been a charge. Like every little thing, if if one of them would have happened, possibly could have turned it into a win and regulation and not even going into overtime. But um, at the end of the day, it's still a very, very close game. And with Ty, I mean, it comes down to me overall, you can – like, we want to reach for all this stuff, and no one ever wants to blame Tyus Battle because he's like, no one wants to blame their best player, you know? Right. Um, you, you lose a game, you don't blame LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Um, but uh, Tyus Battle, I mean, if you're going to shoot 18 shots, you got to have more than 11 points, you know? Yeah. Um, that's, <laughs> that's really my thing. And, and, and like I said, he's, he's going to have games like this, but he has to understand, too, that um, – every team is going to put their best guy on him and they're going to try to stop him from getting the ball. And if he tries to drive, there's going to be help and he's going to have to pass the ball or he's going to have to pull up and make that, those jumpers, those um, mid range jumpers. So three for 18 from the floor, one for nine from behind three the point arc. land. Right. Uh, so just not a good performance by battle. I mean, plain and simple. I mean, it's no, going to happen. It was obvious. He was just, it was just, he, he was thinking that just, just hit one, just hit one. And realistically, I mean, one out of nine, if he would have hit, one of those other ones, then that might have been the difference. But yeah. he's got to he's got to be able to make those shots, yeah. and not necessarily. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't have to score, you know, his average or you know get up in the twenties every single game. But at the end of the game, when the game's on the line, he's got to be able to make a couple of those shots. Yeah, you know, we had we've had battle in in uh, Brissett, you know, breaking career highs, career mm-hmm. highs after one after another after another. And then they just they just they they didn't get it done. And I mean, like you said, you can't blame them. I mean, it's a team effort in the end. But one thing I will say, another good point. I'm not going to you know as much as I want to harp on them uh, today after that game. The press. I what was the press that good, or was Saint Bonaventure just like oblivious? Like <laughs> you got to expect it's coming. They could not handle the press, and that's what got us back in the game again. The same thing we did against Georgetown. Only. They looked like, I don't know. They looked so amateur out there trying to trying to pass the ball off when they were getting uh, facing the oranges full court press it was uh, quite a sight. No, that's what happens when uh, when teams have the lead like that and they're trying to you know have an upset away. You know, they start getting a little nervous and you know pressure gets to them. You know, yeah, they just couldn't um, they couldn't get out of it. They they. Uh, they really blew their own lead in that sense, and and Syracuse should have scored more than fifteen points, like we talked about. Uh, with, well, yeah, with twenty five percent of the game left. Because yeah, because we made the adjustments, and it was pretty obvious. Jalen Adams, I mean, he's the only one that that scored in double figures for them, and he had twenty one in the first half, and he didn't have any in the second half, and Two you know, overtime. you saw Two foul shots. Right. So, <laughs> I mean. What we changed on defense, I mean, worked. It was just we couldn't score. We couldn't score enough points. And that's, like, I think we've talked about it. We yeah. talked about it from the beginning of the season. You know, then we go out and get some wins, and we don't want to talk about scoring when we win. But <laughs> yeah, I know. Then when, right, we exactly. these, when we get these close games or 
when we get these losses, I mean, then that's what it is. And even in some of these wins, you've seen, I mean, them struggle to they're in those positions because they struggle to score. They've been lucky because they've had the fight in the heart uh, to come out and come back from down 13, down 11 against some decent teams and come back and get the, get the W. So, um, all right, well, Syracuse, next opponent coming into the dome, Eastern Michigan, uh, former assistant coach, Rob Murphy. He's the, he's the, uh, Cuse, what is that? The Cuse, Cuse is in the house rap. What the heck was that? I forget. No, I, what was it? You remember, you know what I'm talking about? Well, the Houston the House was back in '96. Yeah, but he did um, a rap. He, he, he did do a rap, though. Yes. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. Um, coming in Wednesday, the Carrier Dome, a game at seven o'clock. The Eagles are uh, eight and two, and three, eight and three, eight and three, and um, that game's finally gonna be on ESPN once again. We don't have to watch the uh, ESPN app, Thank which, God. which, oh my gosh. Tony, we could do a whole episode about the ESPN app because there's an actual Twitter account that is at not watch ESPN app. And all it does is joke the app because it's so bad. If you're going to monopolize control of all NCAA sports and, and shut out local affiliates from airing their games. Now, I know it was on ACC Network Extra, but... I, who the hell has that channel? I mean, let's be honest. I don't have it. Joe, you have a different cable pro- provider. You don't have it, right? Um, what, ACC Network? ACC Network Extra. I have the oh, ACC yeah. Network. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a- ACC Network 2. Anyway. I'm not going to lie. I was There wasn't crap on TV last night as far as the sports channels go. I was pretty um, – to me, it was pretty crazy that that game wasn't on TV. So, but. Yeah, well, I agree. Um, all right, Joe. So – Turn to you. Give us the Eastern Michigan breakdown. Eastern Michigan breakdown? Yeah, let's do it. Well, I mean, like you already said, they're eight and three. They're in the MAC, just long as um, as well as Buffalo and Toledo, who are other opponents that we've had to play this year. Uh, again, like you said, uh, former coach Rob Murphy is the coach or assistant coach Rob Murphy is the coach for Eastern Michigan. So um, expect a two-three zone the whole game. <laughs> and uh <laughs> see if they can uh, handle it this time yeah well i mean that's what it's going to be i don't uh know exactly who their five starters are i know their best four players though um elijah mini is a 610 forward who's averaging uh 18 points a game james thompson uh 69 forward um is averaging 17.7 points a game and paul jackson uh six foot two guard averages 17 points a game um and finally uh Tim Bond, a six-seven senior guard, um, averages ten points a game. So those four guys, that, that's that's their their best four players. They're the ones that pretty much stuff the stat sheets with uh, the points, rebounds, steals, assists, blocks, all that. Um, so they do have a little bit of height, um, even at the guard position. Like I said, he's Tim Bond, six uh, six-seven guard. I don't know if he plays the wing for the two-three zone or if he's up top, but. Um, it hasn't hasn't looked like uh, Eastern Michigan's really played too much um, competition as far as their schedule goes. So again, it's another one of those teams where we really don't know exactly what we're what we're in for. Um, but well, I mean, they could make it. They could make it interesting because they know. I'm sick that, of interesting. I want to blow. I want, I'm sick of interesting. I want. I want to blow someone out. 
I don't think that that's going to happen. I would be, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would be, um, I really believe that there's not going to be too many games that we win comfortably this year, just based upon our score. Unless somebody else figures it out and steps up. If Moyer, Moyer, if Matt Moyer can come in and he can oh. be a double double guy, I've been waiting for him to to really step and, it and, up, and it's just, uh, I, I, it started to happen. He had that one big breakout game. Huh. Yeah, well, I think with him, he's just a player where he's just got to play his game, hustle, and be a team player, get the rebounds, um, and then just take what's given to him. You know, when he does get the chances, like when he can. Um, flash the baseline and get some dunks from Frank Howard. And, you know, every now and again, he'll have those nights like UConn. But um, he's got to be the guy that's playing defense, hustling, getting offensive boards, defensive boards, stuff like that. Because you can just tell that when he tries too hard to do something, then it doesn't really end up that good. So he's just got to let it go. And I think really Marek is the the one that I think, especially last night, you saw a couple times where he started to drive. Um, He's a heady player, so... He can pass it good. He's um, got great court awareness as far as knowing where he is on the court, where, you know, he's not going to step out of bounds on a rebound like Chukwa yesterday. And, um, you know, he's just one of those guys where he's going to he's going to be a majority. He might not be starting, but he'll be in there at the end of the games. And I think he's the one that should start um, possibly looking for his game a little bit more on offense because something needs to happen. Yeah, Um, because this is how they're going to play defense. The guards are going to be all up in Frank Howard's you know, grill trying to get him messed up and, and create turnovers. And they know, they, know uh, so, they can create turnovers on Frank Howard. And gonna, right. They'll gonna... have their best defensive forward athletic guy on Brissett, and then they're going to have the best defensive guard on battle, and they're going to dare everybody else to, to beat them. And with Eastern Michigan, they know our struggles with the three-point line. So, I mean, who's to say that they're not going to try to trick us into, you know, shooting a whole bunch of threes, you know what I mean? Yeah, and you know the games, the two games we lost, we got crushed with the three. I know it didn't happen in the second half, but, um, you know, it's the three ball is is because we can't match it, and we haven't been able to hit it, and it's been so cold for us that, um, you know, like you said, something's got to happen. Someone's got to step up. Someone's got to do something because everybody knows what we're gonna do. Everybody knows what we're going to do. It's it's not easy to stop it, but it is it is going to be taken into account that you know, like we said, they can they can force turnovers on Frank Howard, and they know we're we're not hitting mid range jumpers, and we can't score three. Yeah. So. Pretty much. I mean, we're just going to have to play smart. Um, and again, too, it's just one of those games where it's during the holiday season, and you know he's going to let. <sighs> He's going to let these guys go home for Christmas for a couple of days and they got to be back for practice and get ready for the game. And um, who knows what kind of, I mean, obviously the students aren't going to be there. I think last night's crowd was um, decent considering the, uh, the situation. It looked like a lot of St. Bonaventure 20, fans. 20,976. Which isn't awful. No, not for Christmas break. Christmas break and there seemed like there was a lot of St. Bonaventure fans and the fact that they had to leave oh, early were. and at halftime yeah. I think riled up the fans the St. Bonaventure fans which in turn riled up the Syracuse fans and they got into it and I thought that they did their part of being loud and, and getting the team um, going during that 15-2 to two run in the second half uh, yeah they did, they got loud they, they, yeah. they helped out a, l- a little bit and it was, you know 
You like hearing right. that, especially you know non-conference. Let's call it twenty-one thousand. Let's be honest. Uh, twenty-one thousand non-conference during the holiday break. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. And I know well, I know St. Bonaventure brought some fans in there, but you know, still twenty-one thousand. I don't care where the fans come. It was from. it was decent. It was decently loud when St. Bonaventure was uh, took that lead. Yeah. So you definitely could tell that there was definitely a, uh, well, this more slam, than, more than usual. The yeah the the uh, what was it? There was one dunk. It was a it wasn't it? It wasn't a, uh, a lob pass. I think. Was it a lob pass? Okay. I think it was. Yeah, that they, they got loud. <laughs> it got yeah. really uncomfortably loud for me. So to be honest with you, to know that you're at home and it was that loud. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it clipped the mics. So yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so you know, I mean, it is what it is, but. Um, after Eastern Michigan, um, we're going to open up conference play on New Year's Eve at six o'clock against Virginia Tech. So we will try to come back. We we definitely should try to preview that game. Yeah, yeah, we should. We um, we'll, we'll have one definitely after the uh, yeah the other one. Yeah, just so, hope that they can uh, they can go home and get ready, get their mind ready. So yeah, can't play can't play close games like that. But I think there's going to be a lot of close games like that. So yeah, when you play with. When you play with fire that much, eventually you're going to get burnt. So yep, hopefully we, they can. We, go ahead, Joe. I'm no, sorry. I was just going to say if we struggle on offense, like I mean, this year, which is looking like we are, and unless we find out some answers, then that's what these games are going to look like. Yeah. Almost every single one of them. I know it. You know, cardiac cues. Yeah. Like, like you said, the winds are going to be uh, clutching your chest, which yeah. you know seems to be par for the course. Uh, clean it up. Let's yeah, start and I told you yesterday I was nervous. I called you up. Yeah, you, you did. You, you well, you uh, you hit it last episode, episode forty-four. You hit you hit it in your in your uh, preview. So, you know, I thought that they were the last team that had a legit shot of beating us. Yeah. Yeah. So you hit it. That's why. That's why you're hired. That's why Yay! You're hired. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, everybody, uh, have a merry Christmas. Enjoy it. Yes. Uh, Be time safe. With the family. Be safe. Uh, don't don't drink do, and drive. Don't don't do anything stupid. And we'll be back after Christmas, after the Eastern Michigan game. We'll preview Virginia Tech for Joe. I'm Sean. This has been episode 45. We are out. You just heard the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. 
I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. 